All right, everybody good? Caffeinated, you got food? Listen, uh, I am so excited about this morning. Um, Bridget's going to be sharing, and I have been looking forward to this. We were just talking about um, how long ago it was. It's probably been eight months ago that she came, and she was like, man, I was reading this passage, and I feel like God just just spoke this to me, and, and it was in Luke. And at that point, I was like, well, we'll be there soon. But it was so long ago. I remember telling her, I can't wait till we get to that part of this of Luke so you can preach this message, and we're there today. Um, I just want to build your, your expectation a little bit. I want to build your faith a little bit because I know part of what she's going to share, and it is, it's life-changing. Listen, there are things, churches lots of times like to say, hey, we're different than every other church. Look, we're all preaching the same gospel, right? We're all preaching the same message. There's only one name. His name is Jesus. There's only one way to receive salvation, and that's in Christ. But there are differences in how churches do what they do. And this is one of those days that I'm going to call you to lean in a little bit, right, and take some good notes and really stop and think about what God's saying this morning through Bridget, right? It's his word, and it's kind of our take on it. This is something that we are, we are all in on. What she's going to share with you this morning, it's, it's powerful. So can I just pray for y'all? She's good. I'm going to pray for y'all, right? Um, I'm for, for us. I'm on the front row. i got my notebook open. I'm ready. Like, I'm going to be writing fast and furious because I believe that God has something for us today. Father, in your name, Jesus, we thank you for how you give us your word. I thank you for the things that you show us in your word. I thank you for what you believe about families. I thank you for what you believe about how our families can change the course of history. It is so much bigger than just coming to church. And Lord, I pray that this morning we would hear your word clearly. I thank you for what you've put in, Bridget. I thank you that as she shares it, God, you're going to accompany it. And the promise is that you'll never say a word that won't come to pass. And so we take that this morning and claim it as ours in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so like I know she's not a guest because we know her, but she's a guest to this part of church because she's usually up the street. So um, come on, gathering people. You know how to welcome guest speakers, so let's do it. All right. Good morning. So before I even go into the notes, I just want to say how precious, how precious, how precious it is to have communion this Sunday when I'm up here talking about families and children. And all of you guys who stopped with your families and prayed um, touched my soul. That is so good, so good, and it fits right with the message. So I appreciate you families, and I just want to honor you and say you guys are doing it well. You are doing it well, and I love that. I love that so much. Actually, it was like, yay, Jesus, they just preached your message. Um, so before we get into Luke, I want to um, share a quick story. Is that okay? has nothing to do with the message, um, but it's in here, and I feel like somebody needs to hear it. Um, I was on Friday thinking through the things that I needed to do to get ready to get up here and to speak to you um, so that I would have my stuff together, right? And I was... The, the white trees are blooming and my eyes, they get really swollen and I can only wear this one certain kind of contacts and I had none of them and I started to panic and freak out like, oh dear God, how can I get up on that stage and talk to these people with my eyes when they look like I've been hit uh, a couple of times and I've had no sleep for two months. I just, and so I was whining. I was kind of whining, right, to the Lord. And um, 
I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe if I don't have them, you just want me to, to just stand up there and be humbled a little bit, you know? <laughs> and that's okay, God. I said, that's okay, God. I just want you to use me. And right after I said, that's okay, God, I want you to use me, he said, Bridget, I know what you need before you ever ask. I know what you need before you ever ask. I want to tell you that the Father in heaven, he knows what you need before you ever ask. Before I got home that day, the contacts were on my counter when I walked in the door. He knew what I needed before I even asked, and he's that personal with you. You are his children, and he loves you, and he is that intimate with you. He knows every detail about your life. Um, so I get the honor and the privilege of speaking to the third part of our All In series, and I'm super excited about that. We, um, Pastor Paul talked about um, us being all in on prayer, and Adam talked to us about um, being all in on humility, and today I get to talk to you for just a little bit about being all in on um, children and family. Um, before I go into that, um, I believe that the Lord wanted to speak some identity into all of you for just a minute. And I believe that family is what's on the heart of the Father right now. Um, I don't believe that that's something that's ever changed. I do believe, however, that the Lord is highlighting it and that he is reminding his children who they are, who they are in Christ, giving us a reminder of our identity as his children. And so I'm going to do that before we step into Luke. Um, I'm going to throw a lot of scriptures out there. Write them down if you want to go with them. Otherwise, just sit and let Holy Spirit talk to you for a minute, okay? Um, we are adopted into the family of God. Ephesians 1, 4 says that in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus. So we are sons and daughters. You are sons and daughters of the Most High King. You are sitting in those chairs. Um, Romans eight fifteen says that the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. I want to tell you something. We have a God in heaven. We have a king that sits on the throne, all-powerful, the creator of heaven and earth, but he is a good father. You are his children, and he is a good father. Um, I believe that family saved us. God sent his son. That's family, right? God sent his son, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When we believe in the son, the relationship is restored to heaven, right? We're restored, we're brought back into the family of God. Um, 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Not that is what, oh, I'm not sure, maybe it's not me, maybe it's the person beside me. No, that is what we are. We are, you are, children of God, loved and adored. He calls you beloved. Um, throughout the scripture, we see that generations teach other generations about the goodness of God, the love of God. In Psalm 78, it says, He decreed statues to Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know him, even the children yet born. And they, in turn, would tell their children, You today are a child of God, and it's our responsibility to teach the, the, uh, to teach the next generation about his goodness. That is what we are. That is who you are. And so before we even go into Luke, we're going um, to step into who we are as sons and daughters. Um, 
Okay, we are going to read Luke 18 now. Luke 18, 15 through 17. I think it's going to be up on your screen. This is in the New Living Translation. And it says, One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. And Jesus called the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. And I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. We're going to stop a minute. We're going to pray. So, Father God, we thank you um, that you are good. And we thank you for your kindness and your grace, God. We thank you that you are where we get our identity. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you join us now and teach us something new. Reveal your heart, Father God, to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, other versions of that scripture, it says that people were bringing children to God. Um, but one day when I was reading this, and this is what I was talking to Pastor Paul about in the New Living Translation, it said parents. And I think it jumped off the page at me. It was like one of those mic drop moments where the responsibility of us to bring our children closer to Jesus for a touch. Um, closer than listening to teaching from a distance. It is our responsibility to bring our children closer to Jesus. I believe that in those versions where they're talking about this and it says people, it's because back then, you know, they lived in a community of people. So parents as well as aunts and uncles and friends and grandmothers and grandfathers, they were all probably bringing these children to Jesus. But it doesn't take away the fact that there were parents in there bringing their children to Jesus. Jesus took every opportunity to teach about the kingdom of God. Um, he used parables. Um, he preached the good news of the kingdom everywhere that he went. And normally when we read that verse, the text that I just read you, we, we hang out on that bottom part, that if you want to come into the kingdom, you need to come with childlike faith, right? Um, and that's good. That's a principle that we need to know. We need to come before the Father like a child. We just simply need to say, yes, Lord, whatever you have for me, and receive the goodness that he has. But today that's not what we're going to be talking about. Um, in Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it was important to Jesus then, it's important to Jesus now. He doesn't change. Um, we're going to look at what was Jesus actually doing? What were the disciples actually doing? I've heard people say um, that Jesus is perfect theology, and I love that. In my simple little mind... I love that. Um, love like Jesus, live like Jesus, pray like Jesus, bring the kingdom of heaven to earth like Jesus, stay so close to the Father that his will is done through your life every day like Jesus. That's truly what it looks like if we're all in on the gospel. So what was Jesus doing in these next passages or in this passage that we just read? Jesus was right in the middle of doing his thing. He was right in the middle of releasing the kingdom of God. His disciples, they were with him, and everywhere that he went, he would reveal something about the kingdom of God. He was either healing people or casting out demons. He was doing miracles. He was teaching. He was preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. He was um, just simply being the son of God. He was doing his thing, right? Um, 
He was telling the Pharisees um, and the tax collectors that he who humbles himself will be exalted. So can you imagine it? Jesus is up there. He's teaching. He's right in the middle of all that he's doing. And all of a sudden, these parents and these people start coming at him with their children. What? What? Can you imagine it? It made me say, wait, what? Um, these people, you see, they had been seeing and hearing all of the things that Jesus was doing. They um, were like, you know what? There's something there, and I see value in my children being brought into the presence of the Lord. I see value in my children having a touch from Jesus. And so they took their children to where Jesus was. They were intentional about getting their children to Jesus, and it probably wasn't easy because children are messy, and they're unpredictable, and they decide to run at random moments. That's just what they do. But these parents, you see, they were focused, and they were on a mission. I, it reminded me of the woman with the issue of blood. If I can just get one touch from Jesus, if I can just get my children in the presence of Jesus, it will change them. It will mark them. Um, in verse 15, we're going to look at the disciples the disciples at that moment, they stopped the parents. My insides wanted to cry. They stopped the parents and they were like, um, no, don't bring them. They might be a bother to us. Um, I pray that I will never be that person that says, don't bring the children right now. We don't have time for them. Or don't bring the children because you know what? I'm trying to get something from Jesus for myself. So don't bring the children. Um, Jesus, he kind of felt like I did, right? He, he quickly rebuked uh, the disciples in Mark. The same story in Mark, it says that he was indignant. That doesn't mean that he was just frustrated and aggravated. He was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Hold on a minute. That doesn't look like the kingdom. And that is not what I see my father doing. What I see my father doing is send those children to me. You see, in John 5, 19, it says that he can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. First of all, children are going to do what they see their parents doing. Whether it's good or bad, that's what they're going to do. Um, but in this case, what did Jesus see his father doing? What did he see his father doing? Receiving the children and blessing them. He said, this isn't the kingdom bring those children to me. And he touched them and he blessed them. Disciples in the Bible, that's you guys. You guys who sit around in here with us, the family, the body, that's us. And the disciples, they were with Jesus daily. They knew what he was doing. They were a part of the miracles. They saw all the stuff that he had, but they didn't have the heart for the children. They didn't have his heart for the children, and Jesus was quick to tell them. So in verse 16, he calls the children. He called the children. Today, I believe with everything in me that Jesus can call the children today. They don't get a junior Holy Spirit. They get the fullness of Jesus, and they receive it with childlike faith. And when they receive it, God says, oh, I can do something with that. I can do something with that. Um, in John 6, the miracle of the fish and the loaves, who was a part of that miracle? A little boy. 
a child. A child was a part of that miracle. He came to see Jesus. He made his way up to the front in this big, huge mob of people, and he willingly gave what he had to Jesus. The disciples that were there noticed the boy and told Jesus, yeah, there's a boy, he's got some fish, but how far will it go? How far will it actually go? And Jesus was like, you know what? It's not much, but watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. I want to tell you today that the dance, the smile, the song, the drawing, the prayer of a child might not look like much to you, but in the hands of God, it's a place where God can release a miracle. God can release a miracle in a little child. Their simple faith, their obedience to just come and to be. Back in Luke and the children, in the same story in um, Mark, it says, And Jesus took the children in his arms. He put his hands on them and he blessed them. So what did Jesus actually do? What was he doing? He called the children. He pulled them close. He touched them and he blessed them. More than anything else in this world today, children need to have a touch from the Lord. They need to have a touch from the Lord. Um, John 10.10 says, I just get so passionate about this. John 10.10 says (laughs) that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. The enemy, he's doing everything that he can to steal, kill, and destroy our families. But with one touch from Jesus, our children can be confident in who God created them to be, and they will not waver on his goodness. Does that mean that they're going to be perfect? Mm Mm-mm. No, no, it doesn't. But they will not waver on his goodness and they will continue to go back to the good father that created them because you got them into the presence of the Lord at a very early age. If the truth be told, the family, the body of believers, all of us need a touch from Jesus like that. Will you simply respond like a child when he calls you? Um, Have you ever thought that your children are learning to respond to Jesus by watching you? When God called Samuel, Samuel, he was a young boy, and Samuel had no idea what was happening when God called him. So what did he do? He ran to Eli. Eli was in the temple, and um, they were in the temple together, and Eli was older. And it took Eli just a little bit to figure out, oh, that's the Lord talking to you. But finally, he said, the next time you hear that, Say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Children need people in their lives who know the voice of the Lord and know how to help them respond to his call and his presence. The enemy is trying to silence the voice and the presence of God in the lives of our children. And we, as disciples, get to decide whether we're going to choose to bring them in or say, no, we don't want you to be a bother right now to what's happening right here. We um, are in this family together because remember I just told you we're all children of God, right? We're all brothers and sisters. We're all in a big family together. We're all in this family together and together we make up the body of Christ. And without each person, including children, I believe that we will be a body that, is, that has a broken limb or a dislocated shoulder, So the body of Christ is made up of all of us. And if we don't include all of us, then we're walking around with something broken or something dislocated or something that's just not quite right. The fullness of God is not expressed if you don't have children in the presence of the Lord with you. 
Um, in Psalms 8.2, it says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Children have a part to play in the kingdom of God. They are valuable. It says, Through the praise of children and infants, you establish a stronghold against your enemies. You might want to have the praise of children and infants if you think that there's an enemy out there. I'm just saying. It's powerful and it's a kingdom principle. Um, I want to take this one step further and I want to say that taking our children to Jesus should be happening in our homes. Um, Sunday should be an overflow of what actually happens in our daily lives. The other six days of the week, we should be taking our children to Jesus through prayer, through worship, through reading the Bible. Um, in that place... At home, children will learn to respect the presence of the Lord and value the presence of the Lord when we take them and lead them first in our homes. Um, the little children that we have that come up front, usually every Sunday we have a couple up here, um, those families are leading their children. It's a great example of what that looks like. Again, does that mean they're going to be perfect? No, but they're in the presence of the Lord and it is beautiful. Um, Parents, caregivers, family, whoever has children, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you are fully equipped to bring them to the presence of the Lord. You are fully equipped. Sometimes we say we have to learn it all, we have to know it all. How can I lead my kid? And I don't even know. I just asked Jesus in, to, into my life a couple of weeks ago. Take them with you. Take them with you. Um, and in Luke, just a couple verses back it says Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and he says the kingdom is in us he's in each of us and we bring Jesus everywhere we go the fullness of Jesus he will show you how to lead your children um, I know that my mom got saved older in life and we learned a lot of things together with Jesus it was a journey there was ups there was downs there was fun there was crazy but we learned a lot with Jesus together and it was valuable um, as I was preparing for this message, I said, God, show me in the Bible family and children. That was like my first prayer. Well, do you know that everything in the Bible is family and children? And so um, I got a little overwhelmed. I was like, well, I certainly can't preach all that. Um, so I'm just going to hit a couple of things that stood out to me in the beginning. You know, Adam and Eve, they were family in the garden. In the Old Testament, there was families doing life together. The Bible says that they would get the families together and they would go and celebrate the Passover and they would celebrate and they would go to the temple together. Um, many passages about teach your children, train your children, lead your children. And then I landed on Jesus and family raised Jesus. So God chose to send Jesus as a baby and to have him raised in a family. The kingdom of God is family. And I believe that the gospel is family. The good news of Jesus, his grace, his salvation, his forgiveness, all bring us into a relationship with a good father. You can't live life in family without children. Um, Psalms 127 says that children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. It doesn't matter where they land, what situation they land in, what country they land in, what family they land in. They are a heritage 
from the Lord. That little person is of value to God, and he sent them here as a heritage to us, and we need to put value in that. The Lord gives them to us as a heritage, and we should see them as precious. Um, in our passage today, people took Jesus to the Lord. People, people took the children to Jesus for a touch and a blessing. It was in the presence of Jesus that they received that. Well, still today, the presence of the Lord changes us. Um, in Exodus 33, where Moses is getting ready to go out, it says, In your presence, if your presence doesn't go with me, do not send us up from here, for I, for how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from the other people on the face of the earth? Did you hear that? The presence of the Lord distinguishes us. It changes us. It marks us. Why in the world would we not want our children in the presence of the Lord? Um, Acts 4.13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, and they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Again, it's throughout Scripture. When people are in the presence of God, they're in the presence of Jesus, it changes them. It marks them. And then the people around you begin to notice, I don't know what's different about that family, but I love that. I, wait, I love the way that they do life together. I love the way that they are, and I don't know why. Well, it's because your families are in the presence of the Lord together, and it changes us. The kingdom of God is family, and at the gathering, we are all in on doing this together. Um, we want to champion the kingdom of God and families, and we know, we don't know what that fully looks like, but we know that we want it to look like Jesus, um, especially while we're trying to figure it out. I want to, I was thinking through this, and uh, full circle, how does this practically play out? So I'm just going to give you some life practical things that have happened in my house and with my children as we've been here at this church um, surrounded by people who do value the presence of the Lord and who do value children um, being in the kingdom. And I did ask all my children if I could share these. Um, so, um, Michelle, um, we were getting ready one morning and I do... My children do come to 7.30 worship with us again. I, I just put so much value on the presence of the Lord, and I always have. Um, and we were getting ready. She put on something. I didn't like it. We got into a fight, um, and it got really heated, and whoo! Okay, so we're getting to church, and everybody is like, she's, she's mad as fire, and I'm like, oh, God, help me. Um, and so we walk into 730 worship, and, you know, here I am. You know, we're both probably half crying, and um, I'm like, I will worship you, Lord. <laughs> I will worship you. Somehow you got to fix this, though. Somehow you got to fix this, right? And as I'm, you know, just crying and saying, God, forgive me for whatever I did, and, you know, it was just a mess. It was a hot mess. And... Um, and I looked over in the middle of that moment, and Erica, Erica had walked in, and she was sitting with Michelle. 
And I want to tell you, Erica doesn't normally come to 7.30 worship, but that morning she said that God told her that she needed to come to 7.30 worship, and she didn't know why. And she had brought her children, and she was there, and she's like, I don't know why I'm here, but here we are. And I want to tell you, when I looked up and I saw Erica sitting there with my daughter, and I could do nothing with it, I thought, oh, God, that's Holy Spirit doing something that I can't do in the life of my family. That's the kingdom of God, and that's families bringing their children into the presence of the Lord together. We are one body. We are one family. We are children of God, and we need to pour into the lives of the families that he puts in our path. Um, Allison. <laughs> so Allison last year, um, Allison had a rough year last year. Um, it, very rough year and there was a lot of discussion about what are we going to do how are we going to get through this um, just just a lot of searching the scripture talking to the Lord um, what does this look like it would get kind of intense at our house and um, this had been going on for months and I, I, we were in the coffee shop actually and I said Allison who would you like to talk to about this we need some outside perspective on what's happening here and her very first answer was well Maybe Paul. I thought, God, thank you. My children want to hear the voice of someone who knows you and that will speak life into them and that will breathe truth into what they have going on. Thank you, God. She wasn't saying Paul because he's our pastor. She was saying Paul because he's our friend and we do life with the Jenkins. And she trusted him and she valued his voice. That's doing life together, bringing your children into a place that values the presence of the Lord and family together. Um, so I would, I would, yeah, um, as a church family, I just want to challenge you that you guys are the ones that need to be so close to Jesus that you don't turn away whoever's in front of you and that Jesus flows out of you when they are, when you're together with them. Um, the more, this is, uh, the more mature folks in the room, I've, I've, my heart is for the grandmothers and the grandfathers to pour into the younger children. Um, I believe that that voice is valuable. I believe that you have something to offer that I don't. I believe that you have wisdom and that you have guidance and you have words from the Lord that I have yet to be revealed to me. Um, John Michael, he loves Mr. John's dogs. He loves them. He's attracted to them. I think all the kids do, but he really loves them. And Mr. John called, um, called me one day several months ago and said, can I take John Michael um, to the airport with the dogs for some training? And I'm going to tell you, it touched my soul. I was like, yes, please take John Michael wherever you want to go. Because you know why? <laughs> <laughs> Take it, Mr. John. You know why? Because Mr. John carries the presence of God with him. He has Jesus firmly planted inside of him. And I don't care if they even mentioned Jesus. They might not have. But what they did is they started a friendship. They started a relationship. And I believe that's valuable and that's something that can't be taken away from them. Um, so how are we going to close this thing up? In our passage today, Jesus called the children. He pulled them close. He touched them. He blessed them. Um, my prayer is that as a body and as children of God, we will receive the goodness and the grace that he gives us, and we will welcome children and families the way Jesus welcomes them into his presence. Um, I have no idea what time it is, but we're going to pray. 
We're going to pray, and then Pastor Paul may come up. I don't know. Um, so, Father God, actually, um, can we just, uh, can everybody just hold hands? Find a hand. <laughs> Find a hand. You on the wall. Find a hand. Get a hand. You're a valuable part. We are connected. We are the body of Christ. We have the fullness of Jesus living inside of us. The scripture Jennifer read pretty much preached everything that I said. It was amazing. You are powerful. And the people and the children that you have in your life, they need to hear your voice and they need to see Jesus come out of you. And so I just want to encourage you today. I believe that we do it well here at the gathering, but I know we can do it better. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, God, that we are united in you. We thank you that we are your children and that you have a plan for us, God. I pray that today as people walk out of here, identity will rise up in them. Callings will rise up in them to speak into the lives of the children and the people and the families that they have in their path. Father God, I pray that you will bring unity to our church and unity to our body. And I just thank you, God. I thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.